I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, yet really wants top quality soil, I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable sustainable, eco-friendly brand who really emphasizes the importance of natural ingredients to enrich their soil. And I mean, they have, like I said, top quality with rigorous quality control and OMRI listed certification. Their diverse range of products caters to all gardening needs. Most of our soils may lack appropriate nutrients for success for our plants and our plants need this. We want to regenerate the healthy microbes in our soils to set up for gardening success and just for our plants to thrive. So if we add Coast of Maine products, this will indeed help. Whether you're planting trees or shrubs or perennials in your yard, adding Coast of Maine soil in your planting holes leads to a long, slow feeding of your plants, making them self-sufficient and vibrant, which we love. Let's say you want a vegetable garden, 
Not only will you receive abundant harvest, but there will be less feeding and maintenance throughout the season. Amazing. You know that everything grown in Coast of Maine soil is organic and safe for your family and friends right out of the garden. And then you get to also feel good about their sourcing as I'm so thankful they provide natural ingredients because they will never include household waste or biosolids. And we know that nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, cultivated from products and practices rooted in coast of Maine. And so they will continually perfect the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and the place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. We love supporting local and the products are carried by local retail partners who can provide advice and insight not found in big box stores. So Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. And their products make organic gardening simple and approachable so we can all garden. So let's get to growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. That's Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, Coast of dot Hello, magical friends. I'm Ali Michelle. And I'm Raquel Mantra, and welcome to Your Own Magic Podcast. Our intention is to connect you with the most inspiring thought leaders and visionaries and share some of our experiences and wisdom to help you unleash your own magic. Yes, we're so grateful you're spending this present moment with us today. Now let the magic begin. But I have to say the power of belief is everything because I think we live in a world full of magic and, you know, we just have to commit to seeing it. Um, I think everything is, you kind of look at the world and everything is magic or everything's not magic. And I choose to believe everything is magic, that there are no ordinary moments. But I think in order for us to be, feel truly fulfilled and step into that superhero version of ourselves, the first part of it, the formula, is to know who you are, to really commit to knowing who you are because that is your superpower your uniqueness is your superpower and it's our difference that makes us beautiful and once you know yourself though have the courage to be yourself hey soul tribe we are so eager for you to hear this next guest on today's episode his name is jim quick a real mind training superhero i have been following his work four years and when I first discovered him on one of the podcasts that inspired us most to create this podcast, Lewis Howes, The School of Greatness. Yes, Jim was interviewed by Lewis. So we were just itching to hear more from Jim. And so I went down this whole rabbit hole where I listened to him on the Model Hell Show with Sean Stevenson. And then I even sent Ali this interview he did with James Altucher. So we're just plugging in some of our favorite podcasts, by the way, guys. But yes, Jim has been interviewed by some of the greatest in the podcast world. And now he is on ours. Oh, plus we binge his own podcast called Quick Brain, which I have a feeling you guys are going to binge as well once you listen to him. So... 
Can't wait for you to soak up Jim's nuggets of wisdom on how to improve our memory and overall brain performance. Yeah, seriously, he's so inspiring. And I had to note some of his tools really helped me in my creativity process while writing. Oh, yes, me too. But um, speaking of writing, we just have to. Can you please plug your book for a moment? <laughs> Can I plug my own book? <laughs> soul tribe. Um, Surprise, Ellie. Yes, I, I will plug myself. Um, my poetry book is finally released. It is called Explorations of a Cosmic Soul. And I'm so grateful for everyone who has ordered their copy on Amazon. I'm seriously just blown away by all the love and support from the tribe. I love you guys so much. Oh, my God. Gosh, you guys, I also have to note how proud, I'm so proud that it was released as number one new release on Amazon. Just saying, just saying. So it's kind of great. And I haven't expressed this enough. If I haven't expressed this enough already, it seriously just sings to my soul. You guys will definitely hear my enthusiasm for it if you listen to last week's podcast where I interview Allie asking her your questions. And if you order her book, you'll just, I promise you, her words will make you feel less alone and sing and sing to your soul. Mm, Thank you. It sounded like I said, and sing, but no, and seen, period. Sing to your soul. Well, (laughs) both are amazing and melting my heart right now. So Mm. thank you very much. I love you. Ooh, and also, I just had to address something they may not know about, because speaking of your creative creative process, one thing that we forgot to mention in last week's episode is something that really helps us, and well, how One Way Allie gets into the flow for her creative energy, um, to and also just to accomplish other daily needs, like energy and going to sleep, (laughs) and just the power of aromatherapy. Oh, I'm so passionate about this. Some of my favorite essential oils to tap into creativity are frankincense. It's so good for your third eye chakra. It's actually one of those powerful essential oils in the world. I do it every day before I meditate. Um, I also love clary sage because it's just so good for like cleansing your energetic field and just very grounding. Um, Peppermint, if you don't have coffee, you can dilute it with a little coconut oil and put some on your ears in the morning. You're going to be awake. Trust me. Um, And then Thrive Market actually carries some of the best brands because with oils, you used to be super careful and make sure that you get like the highest quality and that there's no chemicals in them. Um, So just check out Thrive Market because their essential oil line is actually really incredible and affordable. It really is great quality. Plus, we hooked you up with $60 worth of free groceries because it is a food grocery website, but they do also have essential oils and other things. So you can get $60 worth of free groceries plus free shipping and a free 30-day trial from Thrive Market. They also cater to your diet, which I simply just select the vegan option and order ingredients for our favorite meals like our vegan mac and cheese, which we've talked about many times and posted on our website, euromagic.life. But Thrive, yes, they have a wide variety of vegan, organic, gluten-free options that you will find at any Matrix grocery store, but for about half the price, more or less, which is not a bad deal. And also their own line, which has amazing quality but even less than any brand you may find. We just absolutely love it. 
So just go to thrivemarket.com forward slash your own magic and order your free $60. Hello, $60 worth of groceries and get your free shipping. Do you know how much chocolate that is? I'm just saying. <laughs> um, right. Getting off topic. That is thrivemarket.com forward slash your own magic. Your own magic. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. We highly encourage that you whip out your notebook or your notes on your phone to soak in the soak up the genius nuggets that will be delivered this episode from the one and the only Jim Quick. We are just so honored to interview Jim. Jim Quick is a world expert in memory, speed reading, and optimal brain performance. He is revolutionary in his methods on accelerated learning and the CEO and founder of Quick Learning, a powerhouse online resource for speed reading, memory, and brain performance training, helping people of every age in over 150 countries learn faster and master information overload. And Jim's podcast, Quick Brain, has short, easy-to-understand episodes on things like how gratitude rewires the brain, memory retention, and accelerated learning. He's worked with pretty much every visionary and world leader you can think of, like Elon Musk, Forbes, and even Michelle Obama. But what really connects us to Jim is how heart-centered and relentless he is on his pursuit to change the world by helping us activate our own inner genius. Hello, Jim. Hello, hello. Hello, ladies. Thank you. I'm so honored. I love that genius nuggets. I've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mind me. You'll hear a lot of interesting things probably throughout this interview. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate I appreciate both of you and the capes that you wear and also for everybody who's uh, who's listening with us. Well, we appreciate you taking your time. We're very honored to have you here. We've actually been following your journey for some time now and have experienced the impact of your very simple yet powerful methods for everyone to tap into the superhero inside. So I'm really curious, have you always had a superhuman brain or where did all of this begin for you? Um, that's a great question. Um So when people see me on video or I am speaking on stage, I do these kind of people call them mental feats where I'll have a hundred strangers stand up in an audience and I'll in real time memorize all their names or they'll give me a hundred random words or a hundred digit number and I'll memorize it forwards and backwards. But I always tell people afterwards, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's really possible because the truth is every single one of us could do the same and so much more. We just weren't taught how to do it. If anything, I feel like we were taught a lie, you know, a lie that somehow our potential, our intelligence, our genius is fixed like our shoe size. And, um, and I know it's not true because I, I grew up actually with learning difficulties. Um, at the age of five, I had a very bad accident, I had head trauma and brain injury, and I had learning challenges all through school. And so, um, I had no focus. I had a very poor memory. Teachers would repeat themselves over and over again. I didn't understand things. And it actually took me an extra four years just to learn how to read. And so I struggled all through school. And um, at the age of nine, I remember a teacher pointing to me, talking to another adult, saying, that's the boy with a broken brain. And um, it really affected me. And so it really affected my identity. And I think, especially if anyone who has access or taught, you know, communication with a child, you have to be very careful because I believe that your external voice could become their internal voice. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, um, 
Yeah. So I just had this negative self-talk and it just, it spiraled down. And I, I was just, uh, at the age of 18, I hit a wall. I, I, I got to college and I, um, I wanted to make a fresh start and show my parents, show the world that I was good enough. And I took all these classes thinking I could do better and I did worse. And that was like heartbreaking for me. And at that time, a friend, I was ready to quit school. A friend said, why don't you take a break? I'm going to see my, my family this weekend. Why don't you come with and, uh, and get some perspective? And don't the two of you feel like perspective, um, you know, plays an important role in, in personal growth? Like when yes, you, when you, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like when you change your location or you change the people you're with, it just gives you a different point of view. And so, um, I go with him and, um, you know, they have a beautiful home near the water and the father walks me around his property, uh, right before dinner and asks me a really innocent question says, Jim, um, how's school? And that's really the, the one question I didn't want to hear ever um, because I just, I was holding so much inside and I just start bawling and crying and I just tell him my whole story and, and how I have difficulties and, you know, school's not for me and I'm ready to quit. And I don't know if anyone's ever been in that position and can relate, but he's like, he said, he paused and he said, Jim, why are you in school? Um, and it's so interesting that a new question generates new answers, right? And he's like, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What do you want to share? And I honestly didn't have an answer because I've never really asked those questions before. And I think questions really are the answer. That if you ask really good questions, you'll get really good answers. Or if you ask questions nobody's ever asked before, you'll get answers nobody's ever gotten. And um, and I go to answer him and he pauses, he puts his hand out and he reaches into his back pocket and he pulls out a journal. And he tears out a couple of sheets and he makes me write it down, which I, which I find that it's a really um, strong principle where people, some of the most amazing uh, geniuses out there, they keep journals and diaries. And I don't know if it's because they're geniuses that they write everything down, or is it because they're journaling all the time that they become geniuses, right? Um, and so I, uh, I write it down and when I'm done writing my goals, it became a, kind of like a bucket list or a dream list. Uh, you know, like a, a dream, a list of like magic things that I want to be able to create in the world. And I start to fold it up to put it into my pocket and he reaches out and he grabs my list out of my hand. And honestly, I'm, I'm freaking out because I didn't know he was going to look at my list. I mean, these are my intimate dreams and, and my fantasies, you know, the things I wanted to achieve most in life to make me happy. And he's looking at it and I, I don't know how much time went by, um, but eventually he looks up and he says, Jim, you are this close to everything on this list. And he spreads his index fingers only about a foot apart. And I'm thinking, there's no way, you know, give me 10 lifetimes. I'm not going to crack that list. And he puts his two fingers, um, right to the side of my temple, you know, meaning like it's, it's my brain in between. That's going to can be the key. And he walks me into his home, into a room I've never seen before. It's the two of you would love it. It's wall to wall, ceiling to floor covered in books. Oh. And I've never, yeah, I've never seen like, it's like a bookstore or a library in somebody's home. I've never seen that before. And keep in mind, I've never read a book cover to cover. I, I had, you know, trouble reading and, and stuff like that. And for me, I was like phobic of books. And it's the equivalent of someone walking into a room full of snakes, right? And I'm freaking out. And what makes it worse is he's, he, starts, <laughs> he, starts, he starts grabbing like these snakes and handing them to me. And, um, 
and I'm, I have a pile of books uh, in my arms and I start looking at the titles and you would, you would love it. There, there's titles of some amazing, the biographies of some incredible women and men in history and some very early personal growth books like uh, the power of positive thinking and Norman Vincent Peale and Dale Carnegie, like the classics. Oh, and he says, Jim, I know, I know. And he says, Jim, he says, leaders are readers. I want you to read one book a week. And it makes sense. Right. But I, I go to him and I say, you know, I can't do that. You know, I, and I start talking, telling him about my story again. It's like, I, I, I have learning difficulties. I've never read a book cover to cover. I, um, I, I am in school. I have all these midterms. And when I, as soon as I mentioned school, he looked me right in the eyes and he said, Jim, don't let school get in the way of your education. And, um, and I still get goosebumps. I call them truth bumps, <laughs> you know, when I hear something like like that. Wow. And I um, and I just said, you know, that's nice, but I I, I still can't commit to doing that because um, you know, my, my parents they they immigrated to to America, and we had this very like this discipline and you know this work ethic and this 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 your word is your bond and you know be very uh, you know it's sacred. And I say I can't read one book a week. I'm sorry. And then very smart man, he reaches into his pocket and he takes out my, my dream list, right? And he starts reading, get this, he starts reading each of my dreams out loud um, into the universe. And something about hearing another person encant your deepest desires out in, you know, to the, to the world. Um, someone you just met, who's obviously very successful and you're an insecure 18 year old, it messed with my mind and my heart and my, my soul, something fierce. And honestly, there was a, a lot of things on that list were things I wanted to do for my parents, uh, because they would never do that or weren't capable of doing it for themselves, um, because they always sacrificed. And, um, and with that leverage or that motivation or that drive, I, agree to read one book a week. And I also noticed that that's a principle in learning. I know we're going to talk about how to unleash the, your, your mind's magic, you know, your brain's magic. Um, but I think like the things we're talking about perspective, asking questions, and this, this idea of also having motivation is important. Understand what motivates you to, to do the things we do. And a lot of things were on that list. So I agree to read one book a week. And so fast forward, I go back to school and I'm sitting at my desk and there's, I have a pile of books I have to read for school. And then I have a pile of books that I want to read for my life. And I can't, I couldn't even keep up with one of those piles. So what do I do? I just, where do I get the time? I don't eat. I don't sleep. I don't spend time with friends. I don't exercise. I just live in the library and it's not very sustainable. Right. And so I ended up passing out one late night at the library. I fell down a flight of stairs. I hit my head again and I, um, I woke up in the hospital. Now this was two days later. And at this point I was wasting away. I mean, I was down to 117 pounds. Uh, which was a really scary place. I thought I died and maybe part of my part of me wanted to. But when I woke up, I, I just thought there had to be a better way because a different part of me woke up. And when I had that thought, a nurse came in with a mug of tea and on the mug had a picture of Albert Einstein, you know, a genius, if you will, the opposite of what I identified with. And it had this quote that everyone's heard before in some form. It said, the same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve your problem. 
you know, the same level of thinking that's created the problem won't solve it and made me think a new question. Like, what's my problem? Oh, I have a really slow brain. I'm a very slow learner. And I was like, well, how do I think differently about it? Well, maybe I can learn how to learn. And I picked up a course bulletin to look at classes, you know, come for the upcoming seminar. And there's hundreds of great classes, you know, all, but they're all on what to learn, math, history, science, Spanish, but there were zero classes on how to learn. So I set my studies aside and I started going deep into these personal development books, but then also reading books on how to learn. I wanted to solve this. I don't call them problems, but I call them puzzles because puzzles have like a solution. And I was wanted to solve this riddle about how my brain works so I could work my brain. So I started studying adult learning theory and multiple intelligence theory and brain science and speed reading and memory enhancement and, uh, and flow and, and I, and, ladies within 60 days it's like a light switch went on and i and i uncovered that genius i unlocked those gene that genius part of me and i just started to do better i had better focus i started to learn faster i started to remember things you know and when my confidence went up my grades went up and my life improved but the reason why i'm here today having this conversation with the two of you is because i when i learned all this stuff i was so upset that this wasn't taught back in school like you wonder why right and I thought that I, I wanted to help other people. So I started tutoring. And one of my very first students, she was a freshman. She read 30 books in 30 days. Can you imagine that? Wow. Like, like imagine going online and what, what books would everyone, you know, buy and then reading a book a day, you know, for a month. And I wanted to find out not how she did it. I want to know why. And I found out that her mother was dying of terminal cancer and the doctors gave her only two months to live, 60 days. And the books she was reading were books to save her mom's life, books on health, books on energy, books on wellness. And I, I wished her luck and sent her love and light. And six months later, I get a call from this young lady and she's crying and crying and crying. And eventually when she stops, I find out their tears of joy that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. Doctors don't know how, they don't know why. They called it a miracle but her mother had attributed 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter who learned it from all these books. And that's where I realized that if knowledge is power, learning is your superpower. That if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. And it's a superpower available for all of us. Wow, you're really yeah. empowering people to connect to their infinite potential to learn because we're told so much in school that you can't do this and you can't do that. But as someone who was labeled as the boy with the broken brain, I so admire you for taking your wound and turning it into the deepest wisdom and then giving it back to the world, really. And so I wonder how, like, what made you think that way? I mean, how can people learn from their scars? And why do you think it's so important to go through that process of alchemy rather than allowing yeah. it to take you out? I love that. Um, you know, when I, I have this love for superheroes and I, I talk about superheroes a lot, you know, maybe because when I, um, when I couldn't read, I taught myself how to read, uh, because a family member gave me comic books and late at night when my family thought I was sleeping, I'd be under the covers with my flashlight and my secret stash of comic books and something about the hero's journey really brought the words to life and made me understand it. And, uh, something about, you know, this idea that anyone can make a difference, right? That superheroes inspire us and they provide hope and real help. 
But the most, you know, the one the superheroes I love the most are the ones that really went through the most. It's it's kind of interesting. I, I just realized that some of my favorite superheroes are actually orphaned, like Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman and Iron Man and Spider Man. You know, they all had very difficult childhoods. And I do believe, to answer your question, that going through challenges uh, leads to change, that our struggles lead us to have strength, um, that people who are given easy lives and everything is provided for them, you know, they don't ever get to exercise, you know, and become the person that they are, are supposed to, to be. Because, you know, when we're going through challenges, that, that fire, you know, that you go through really lights the way, you know. And so I, I really do believe that, you know, I had this post-traumatic stress from my traumatic brain injury, but people don't know that there's also on the other side, there's also this thing called post-traumatic growth that many people who go through some very severe challenges and difficulty and adversity, they wouldn't change it. You know, even they wouldn't wish that upon anybody, they wouldn't change their conditions of what they went through because on the other side, they found a strength. You know, on the other side, they found a mission. On the other side, they found a purpose. You know, they found their magical powers by going through it. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people who are listening can identify with that, that, you know, I, yet you don't necessarily pray for an, an easy life, but you pray for the strength to endure, you know, a, a difficult one. And, um, and so I, w I wouldn't change the things that I went through in the past. You know, I just know that, you know, problems or failures, it's not the opposite of success. It's, it's just part of it. Absolutely. And, uh, That's a common theme that we talk about on the podcast a lot is to endure those struggles, to pursue what you had struggled with before. And when you do overcome them, that can become your message and that can become your story. And that is exactly what you are doing now. In fact, I'm very <laughs> happy that you went through that so you can bring this wisdom to everybody else. I also yeah. very much connect with you as when I was a little girl, um, I, in elementary school, uh, they thought that I had a learning disability because I just wouldn't focus. Um, if I did put in the effort or apply myself, it would be fine. But usually, to be honest, I was just daydreaming. I didn't have ADD, I don't think. Mm. I think I just had daydreaming uh, I'm not going to say disorder, but daydreaming daily, DDD. <laughs> um, and I did. And in fact, and um, yeah, and so they did label me with having a learning disability because I just would not pay attention. I would not focus. And then that did end up getting to me and I wanted to prove everyone wrong. So then for the rest of grade school, um, even through college, I had to prove myself by being that student with the straight A's which is silly because I look back and I'm like, I didn't need straight A's to prove anybody that I can do this, that I am wise. But um, I am glad that I had that. It was almost like it was a nudge for me to really show up and then share and not only be a student that really pursues, but also brings a message to others after college, after what I'm doing now. And so I'm very thankful for that time. And I do think a lot of it is from that need to... I wouldn't say prove myself, but just to prove, prove to myself that I am worthy and I can do this. Um, and what do you think is maybe some, I know that you are full of techniques and tips and exercises, but for those kids that daydream or they think that they mm -hmm. have a learning disability or the parents or the siblings of the kids that do 
that are labeled as somebody that can't, mm. what is something that they can do so they can? Yeah, and I could um, I could definitely relate to that. You know how how my my mess became my message, but yes. really Elizabeth Gilbert. <laughs> yes, so I would say that um, for the for the children or for the parents or anyone who has a child, it's not. Often people say it's it's about how smart somebody is, but it's not how smart you are, or how smart your children are. It's about how are they smart, right? So it's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart? And because I do believe that sometimes going through a traditional education, it doesn't honor all the the aspects of ourself, right? We have this full spectrum. Typically, even if you look at standardized tests, you know, you think about it, it's like, okay, it's verbal and mathematical. And it's like, this is what makes you valuable in, in this, you know, community uh, or in this world. And it's so interesting because there's so many more forms of genius. You know what I mean? Forms of intelligence. And I don't even know how to quantify that because I, IQ for me, does, it doesn't seem very like relevant you know, because it's just testing for something. And it's the presupposition around IQ, for example, that's somebody going to tie their identity to it. Mm -hmm. People believe it's something that's fixed. Like when you take this test at eight years old, that's what you're going to be at 80 years old. Right. And you have this, this, you're restricted to, you know, this, this box, but IQ is not fixed. Right. And so even for myself, I could show people how to test better on it, you know, dramatically in a very short period of time. But the other thing is it's not testing like the full fast of a, like a, of a human being, right? Even just thinking about it, it's not just verbal and mathematical. What about visual spatial intelligence? People who are great artists, right? Yes. You know, like how, how incredible is that form of genius? What about people who are amazing with their bodies, like kinesthetic intelligence? Yes. They're great dancers. They're great athletes. Um, you know, they're, they're incredible gymnasts. What about individuals have, who have a great intelligence in the area of interpersonal skills? Um, you know, like the two of you who are just amazing with people. They have, they have a, a, a knack for connecting with people. Or if it's not self to others, interpersonal, what about intrapersonal? You know, people who are so evolved that they understand themselves, you know, self to self. Or what about musical intelligence? You know, and then you just go on and on and on. And so what I would say to, to the person, um, it's so interesting how in, they actually did this study where they took a bunch of five or six year olds. They're like, how, how many artists are in the room? And hundred percent of them will raise their hand. And then like the follow up with the group 10 years later and say, how many artists are in the room? And they're like 5% and, uh, will raise their hand and they just, it's, it's interesting, but every, I believe that everybody has a different mode for learning and expressing themselves. And, you know, to the degree we can honor that in the, that individuality and not make it wrong that some people, for example, like to learn uh, because they like to move. And some, some people will say that's hyperactivity or stuff and they'll punish them by not letting them go out during recess <laughs> and make, make them sit down. But really there's a good part of the population kid, whether they're children or adults that need to move while they, while, while they learn because they're so kinesthetic like that. And so I, I guess my, my message to people who are, are just, they have some self-doubt or they know somebody that just doesn't fit a specific mold is who are we to decide what it means to, 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 to be a genius at something, you know, and, 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 and rate something more important than something else that we all have our own individual ways of, of, of approaching learning and expressing ourselves. 
And, um, and I wouldn't want to stifle that creativity. Like one of the things we do an annual event and when people come to it, it's like a very different event. Uh, it's, it's very playful because I, I do believe, I don't think we, um, you know, we, we, as we grow older, we play less. I think we, we, I think because we play less, we grow older. Right. And it's, it used to be like one of those things where you go to your friends and you're like, Hey, you want to go out and play? But later on, it's like, Oh, you know, you want to go hang out. <laughs> and we, 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 we have a different association around play. And I, I think children are such great learners, right? They're natural born geniuses. They're, they have organic learning and they naturally just are engaged with things and that level of play. And I think we need more of that in, in, in our society. Absolutely. It's almost like by maintaining that capacity for play, it allows our minds to be open and we never become too restrictive on our perception of the world. And speaking of like interpersonal intelligence, I really admire your capacity for connection and kindness because I think it's one of the biggest reasons why we're having this human experience. But you're in a field that really deals with every single type of person from Hollywood to the White House to literally any other category you can think of. And so I'm wondering how you have stayed so genuine and open-hearted through all of this. Um, well, thank thank you for thank you for your kind words. Um, you know, for for me, it's this is this is like a, a mission for me. Um, a few years ago, I had um, over over the course of my lifetime, I've had a couple of near uh, death experiences that were inflection points, and it's part of it. Well, first I'll say that anything that I feel like is good that comes out of me came from my parents. Anything that is less than excellent and astonishing comes from me. <laughs> um, wow. So I, 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 I give them the, that, that credit. You know, they, weren't, they, they aren't the most healthy or the most spiritual or the most intelligent or certainly not the most wealthy or anything. Um, but they are just really kind, loving, do-no-harm people. And, they, and they, I feel like everyone in life is either, you can learn something from everyone, literally every single person because they have a different life experience. Um, and, and also people could either be a shiny example or they could also be a warning you know, to us also. But they, they've been really a shining example for me. And, and so I don't believe that, um, I don't believe in any way that I'm better than anybody else. But I also believe that nobody's better than me at the same token. And so I, that's just been kind of my, my global view of, of people. Um, and really, I think the way I, I connect with individuals, whether, you know, I get comments sometimes, you know, on my Instagram with some of the people I get to meet or spend time with or work with, um, is I don't have an agenda other than leaving people better off than they were when I met them. And I, I do believe in karma because I'm a living example of it. You know, my, my parents, when they moved to the States, we live in the back of a laundromat and, you know, didn't speak the language and, and all of that, that typical, like things some people can relate to in, in different forms because we all have different, you know, challenges, you know, in contexts growing up. But it really put a focus on family and integrity and and doing things coming from that place. And also by nature, because I grew up with a brain injury, I, I became very, really shy and introverted because when you feel like you're the boy with the broken brain, you don't really um, feel like you have a lot to add to people. So I, I used to grow up just my superpower. I think I haven't really talked about this, but I think growing up, my superpower was being invisible. You know, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to stand out. Um, because I, I didn't think I was really outstanding and, uh, and for right or wrong, it's just made me just really observe people. But then when they went through pain, I would really feel that pain because I knew what it felt like. And I would just watch people, 
you know, and I, I noticed when people were going through difficult times and that's why I think kindness is so important in the world. And I think it's a superpower because you never know what people are facing, you know, in their private lives, you don't know what battles, you know, people are in. And so that, that's a little bit about, you know, how I approach, you know, my life and my connections is just going there to be able to serve. And, um, because I don't go to in my relationships to get stuff. I go there to give because that's where I feel most alive. And, um, and I, I do believe this idea where in order to feel fulfilled, we need to grow and we need to give, you know, that we're grow givers in, in a way, you know, instead of go getters, just going to get things, you know, we grow, so we have more to give, but I, I don't want to just give, 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 because then I have nothing else. I want to grow. So I, you know, I have resources and gifts to be able to share with other people. And that's really the superhero way. I mean, you think about a superhero, a superhero is identified, they have superpowers and I'm not talking about flying out in space and shooting, shooting lasers out of your eyes. But I mean, we all have a unique ability. We all have a unique talent, a strength, if you will. And those are our superpowers and we discover them and we develop them. But just having a superpower doesn't make you a superhero, right? Because you have to use those superpowers for good. And, um, and that, that was really my, my mythos, um, growing up is I, I, I want to be living in a world full of superheroes because when I was, when I, when I modern day superheroes that, that have stepped into their strengths and, you know, they discover that genius inside of them and then not only, but they don't keep it to themselves. They don't hoard it. You know, they share it, you know, with, with the world. And I, I think if everybody did that, this, the world would be a, a different place. And you are a true true inspirational superhero inspiring all of us to really tap into our inner superhero with everything that you do wow i am just mind blown right now with everything that you have shared thank you so much for sharing your whole story and i know that a lot of people are going to be able to relate especially having that feeling of my superpower is that i'm invisible um, <laughs> i'm sure many people can relate to that but we all have the power to be kind. And if that is the very first power to really ignite, then just imagine what that can bring into the world. Oh, wow. Thank you. Mm. Um, well, moving on to some personal growth stuff, because we are personal growth junkies. And we know that that's <laughs> another one of your powers is to help people out uh, grow, to help people grow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we are all, you know, we're looking for that magical genie to help us let go of our bad habits and create new ones. And we know that you're also the guy to go to not really, well, you are in a sense, the magical genie. You might not be able to grant us a wish or anything, but you, you're the superhero. You're the magical genie that can help guide us to tap into our inner superhero powers and our inner genius, genius and help us change the habits and behaviors that are holding us back from tapping into that. So how do we set ourselves up for success for creating and breaking habits? Okay. So I think, well, I, I appreciate both of you because you're sheroes for, for me. Oh. Um, when, when you're, I mean, I think the, the world needs more, more people who are stepping into their genius or whatever it is. And I'm not talking about IQ. I'm just people who are fully expressing themselves. Um, but when we're talking about your own magic and we're talking about magical genies, if I was a genie and I could grant you one wish, <laughs> what, what would, what would you wish for? Uh, more wishes. <laughs> exactly. And it's so interesting because that's the, that's the magic because 
if you get only one wish, you would ask for more wishes. And if we, if we made it like, um, in that same spirit, if I was a learning genie and I could help you learn any subject or skill faster, just any subject or skill, you know, whether it's Mandarin, martial arts, music, marketing, whatever, you know, what would, what would be the equivalent of asking for more wishes? It would be, well, if I can learn any subject or skill faster, it would be the idea. It would be, I would ask for learning because if you can learn how to learn, faster, you could apply that towards everything else. It's like having infinite wishes, right? right. And so what I would say is, um, I would love to be a magical genie for, for everybody that's you listening. <laughs> and I think if there's one wish, if you got one wish, the equivalent of asking for more wishes is asking, um, to, how to learn how to learn, mm -hmm. because then you could apply that towards any area of your life and, and make things better. I, I do believe that if knowledge is power, learning is your superpower. And it's the most, one of the most important skills to learn today, because I feel like everyone can relate when we're talking about superheroes that there might be the super villains quote unquote that um that take away from our joy that take away from our peace of mind that take away from our confidence and our productivity in the and our performance like modern day villains like um that are driven by the digital world that we live in because i, I love technology because it allows um, so many conveniences allows us to help more people but it seems like there's also a, a flip side to it also um, that we have to be aware of. Like, for example, digital world, we have digital overload. It's like some people feel, and I, I know some people struggle with this, there's too much to learn and too little time, right? Oh. I mean, it is, we're drowning in information, but we're starving for wisdom, right? And it feels like when you're learning something, you're taking a sip of water out of a fire hose, and I was, I was doing a program at Google and the, the, I, the chairman of Google, Eric Schmidt, is quoted as saying that the amount of information in the pure knowledge, you know, ideas and information that's out there, the amount that's been created from human beings since they walked the planet to the year 2003, which is only a decade and a half ago, since to 2003. Think about all that information, all those newspapers, all those books, Library of Congress, all that information. That amount of information now is created every two days, every two days online. Wow. I mean, you think about all the podcasts, you think about all the, all the YouTube videos and the social media posts and all the blog posts and everything, that amount of information now. So people, you wonder why the amount of information is doubling at dizzying speeds and, and we're drowning in it. So the digital overload is a challenge. And then the second one, and I'll go to some solutions, is digital uh, distraction. You know, I think one of the things that, that it's hurting us so much nowadays is, is, you know, we're attached to our smart devices. And again, it makes your life so easy in some ways, but it's training us to be distracted. Um, you know, we can't focus anymore. And, and how do you survive and thrive and get things done and have peace of mind in a world full of, of noise, things that are always trying to get your attention, right? Marketing and media and everything. And so I think we have this monkey mind nowadays, right? Where everyone's struggling. And I know um, a number of your people in your tribe, they're entrepreneurs and they suffer from entrepreneurial ADD and the next shiny object. And, and you look at your phone and it has app notifications, social media alerts and everything. And every single time you get a, a like, a share, a comment, you get these dopamine floods, right? That makes things addicting. They, they say that we open up Instagram like 150, I read recently 150 times a day. Yeah, you know, it's like I, an automatic tap. I see it on my screen. I'm like, nope. And I've learned to just exit out. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. if you think about the control that's there, um, for my podcast, I, I interviewed um, 
So f- you mentioned my, my, my show, it's, it's only 10 or 15 minutes long. And I just give a brain hack for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. But I interviewed a friend of mine out of Stanford and his name is Dr. BJ Fogg. And this, this goes to answer your question about habits, how to create new habits, how to break bad habits that are limiting you and keeping you, um, from the life that you deserve. Um, Dr. BJ Fogg runs the research center for influence and persuasion at Stanford university, very smart man. And actually one of his students co-founded Instagram. And so you could blame him for how addictive <laughs> it is because, because think about in Silicon Valley, you know, when you're, or anywhere, Facebook and social media, anything, how, you know, they want you to spend more time, you know, there, they want you to be engaging there. And so they, they hire the best and he, he is the best. He wants it to be, you know, make it addicting or, or I mean, that, that company wants you to spend more time and makes it addicting and habitual. Um, and so they look at the science of it. And, um, and so the challenge is, is the first thing most people do in the morning is they pick up their phone. Right. And we, and we know that. And I, I, I would say that the most successful people out there, they have a to-do list, but they also have a not to-do list. Yes, and that's uh, <laughs> exactly on that not to-do list yes. should be not touching your phone the first hour of the day. And I'll tell you from a brain perspective, why is because that it, when you wake up in the morning, you're, you're not in direct beta state where you're wide awake conscious. Like we are right now, you go through, you cycle through these brainwave states like theta and alpha. This is the relaxed, peaceful, meditative state of awareness that you're in, but it makes you highly, highly suggestible. And, um, and so if you're picking up your phone first thing, when you wake up, your mind is your conscious mind set aside. And so you're very, um, impressionable. And so you're training your brain to do two things. When you pick up your phone first thing in the morning, number one, you're training yourself to be distracted. And so that's obvious, right? you every single time you're going through and watching your cat videos and you're looking at all the, the stuff going on social media, you're, you're getting all these dopamine fixes, but it's training you because dopamine, what it is, it's a reward center. It literally goes through your, your reward channels of, of your brain. And that's for learning and motivation, but that's what makes something very, um, um, compulsive to be able to, to look at that and, and look at other things and always need that novelty, the next fix. Right. Um, but the other thing besides training you to be distracted, it's also training you to be reactive. And that's really important to understand that every time we're conditioning ourselves to be reactive, because you know, if you check your phone first thing in the morning, you get one bad text or one bad email and it puts you in a mood and it could carry with you all morning or even all day. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is you'll never have a quality life being reactive to something, right? As opposed to, you know, creating it with vision and with heart, meaning that if you just check your emails and, you know, everybody has an agenda for you, everyone has needs something for you. There's always fires that need to be fought. And so if you're, tra- if you're picking up your phone, you're training yourself just to always be reactive. And so, I really rather, so for me, for example, I, I list in the morning three things that would make this amazing day, you know, from a professional standpoint and three things that would make it astonishing from a personal standpoint. And I don't touch my phone until I get one of those things complete, you know, just very, very simple, but it's easy, very easy to understand. And that's how I curb the addiction. But going back to how to change habits, the formula that um, Dr. BJ Fogg created is called BMAT. B-M-A-T. So B equals M-A-T. And this is extremely practical. And so think about, as you're listening to this, um, a new habit you want to create, right? That maybe it's to meditate each day. Maybe it's to move. Maybe it's to dance. Maybe it's to sing. Maybe it's to uh, eat 
better. You know, maybe it's to journal or whatever it happens to be. If you want to create it and make it a habit where it's habitual, because I believe first you create your habits and then your habits create you. Now, first you create your habits and then your habits create you back, right? And that's why one of the most popular episodes I did on my show was my morning routine. Like there are 10 things I do every single morning to jumpstart my brain so I could win the morning and I could win the, you know, the rest of the day. But going back to BMAT, the B equals MAT. The B stands for the habit itself. The B is the behavior, right? The behavior. I want to start working. I want to start jogging every single morning. You know, I want to start reading 20 minutes a day, whatever the behavior habit is now equals MAT. The M stands for motivation, motivation, because if so on a scale of zero to 10, how motivated are you to execute, you know, on that, on that habit or that behavior? Because that's motivation is key. Um, you know, what is your motive for taking action, if you will. Even when you, when I told the story about how this young lady read 30 books in 30 days, I didn't want to find out how she did it because I, I know how, because I taught her. I wanted to know why. And I'm very interested why people do what they do. You know, why do people sabotage? Why do people um, procrastinate when they know that this will make their life better, but they put it off? And so motivation is key, but you can never get yourself to make something habitual if you're not motivated to, to, to do so. And there's certain brain hacks you could do to actually elevate your motivation, um, and which we could talk about. The A in BMAT stands for ability. Ability. And that just means do you have the competency or the capabilities to, to, act, to do that habit? So let's say your habit is you want to read 20 minutes a day. Do you have the capability to, to read? for example, or speed read in, in, in my case, uh, in terms of what we teach. And then finally, the T, and this is, I think, the big one that's understated, the T in the BMAT formula for creating new habits is the trigger, the trigger. Mm. Um, even if you have read the book, The Power of Habit yeah, by Charles, Charles Duhigg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By, by Charles Duhigg, like he has, he talks about similar three things. It's a different model, you know, but, but one of them, when he's talking about rewards and the routine, so the routine is, is the habit, you know, and the reward is the, is the, is the gift you're giving yourself for, for executing that. And, but the, but the other one is the R, what I call it is a reminder. It's the, it's the trigger. Like what triggers you to actually put on your running shoes and go for that jog? What's triggering you to actually prompts you to journal every day, you know? And so the good thing about this is we're not, we can be conscious about this. So whenever we put our conscious attention into something, you know, we can affect change. And I believe, so for example, for a, a long period of time, I was living in a high rise, you know, on the 30 plus plus full floor. And I talk about the third supervillain is, um, we talk about digital overload. Uh, we talk about digital distraction. And the third one, I believe that's taken away from the quality of our life is called digital dementia, digital dementia. And it's funny, like, I don't know, if you if have you ever felt like senior moments are coming a little bit early, like you're more forgetful than you used to be, um, like you can't remember where you parked your bike or your car, or you forget a, a phone number or someone's <laughs> name, or like I've had somebody come to me the other day. It's like yeah, it's like they're showering and they can't remember if they shampooed their hair. And they end up doing it twice, and you know they forget what they read and they forget what they they you know they put their phone and stuff like that. Um, 
a lot of people are suffering from this digital dementia. And what that is, is that we're outsourcing our brains to our smart devices, right? It, it keeps all our phone numbers. It keeps our to-dos. It does math for us. It does all these things. And so what scientists and doctors are saying um, is that because we're so reliant to our smartphones, our brains aren't getting the exercise it would normally get to do certain things. So even though like people used to remember off all the phone numbers, you know, growing up, but now, you know, most people, how many phone numbers do you know by memory? My own, Allie's. No, actually, I don't know yours. I know my dad's though. <laughs> right. So most people, it's like one or two, maybe. And then, and not that you want to memorize hundreds of phone numbers, but we've lost the ability to memorize one. We've lost the ability not even to remember a seven-digit number. We've lost the ability to remember a, a PIN number or a, or a passcode or, or or what hotel room someone is in. You know what I mean? And and they call that digital dementia is that your brain is like a muscle and it grows stronger with use but it's use it or lose it and if I put my arm in a sling for six months would it grow stronger no would it stay the same no it would just get weaker and some people are so reliant on their phones uh, to do things that their brains aren't getting the exercise and going back to that I feel like technology yes it makes your life convenient, but it could cripple us if we're not careful. And so going back to where I used to live on the 30 plus floor of this building, I, I was upset at myself because I'm very physically active because I have to be because I'm just very cognitive, right? With what I do, I read a book a day and I'm always talking about the brain and doing research. But I, I got, I was like, man, but I don't also want to walk up 30 flights of stairs, <laughs> you know, every single time I'm leaving, you know, my, my, my place. And so every time I would go into the elevator then, when I was alone, I would just do squats. <laughs> and I don't know like what, you know, the security in the elevator with the camera in there. <laughs> they probably joined you. <laughs> I would join you if I was that security. Exactly. And so that, but I do that still to this day. I mean, I mean, I've been living in that place in years, but I still do it to this day. Every time I'm in an elevator, the elevator becomes my trigger. Ooh, right. And so every head. time I walk into an elevator, I've conditioned myself to make something habitual by having a trigger. So the challenge, so for example, if you're reaching for your phone every single morning and it's a habit, according to Dr. BJ Foggs, if you want to break that habit, you either have to break the motivation, right? Lower the motivation and the rewards that come from it, get rid of the ability, you know, in terms of unlearning that, which is kind of difficult or remove the trigger. So like, for example, something simple is like leaving your phone in the living room, uh, you know, and so you remove the trigger and you can't do the activity, for example. But other people are triggered emotionally for things. Other people are triggered with their self-talk. Other people are triggered to eat. You know, some, some people, every single time they go to the movie theater, they have to buy that popcorn because it's a trigger for them, right? And so if you want to be able to change your habits or change limiting habits, you can look at that formula, B equals M-A-T. Again, behavior, which is a habit, equals motivation, ability, trigger. And you have to change one of those three things in order to change the habit. If you want to create something brand new or add it. And I would look because I'm the memory guy. You know, I always notice that people forget something, right? You Have you ever done this? You like forget somebody's name or, or you, that actor's name or whatever it is or something you had to do. And then you're just out and about, you're hiking somewhere. And then it, what pops in your mind? It just you know, depends on you, their yeah, name. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Because they say, I actually read something recently saying everything that's ever happened to you, you actually have recall. It's inside of you. It's just getting it out. That's the the problem. It's like they did a study where they took, um, they had somebody, they had brain scientists, uh, surgeons stimulate a patient's brain while they were, uh, anesthetized. And, um, and they actually woke up remembering 
trips they took when they were a kid to the point where they could read signs right off the road. Um, it's crazy. Like they, they actually do age regression therapy, like hypnosis, um, with people and they'll take them to the bet to when they were nine years old. And with 95% accuracy, they'll remember what day their ninth birthday fell on, whether it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, it's crazy. Um, so, but the challenges, so that information was there, that actor's name or whatever, but usually what happens is there's a trigger in the environment unconsciously that reminds you of it. And so for me, for example, for students, you know, I'm always teaching them how to just succeed because that was my thing in school. I suffered so much. And one of the trick, one of the tips you could do to be able to remember things better. And I teach, you know, actors how to remember lines this way. I teach students and business people and entrepreneurs how to memorize the facts for clients or, or product information or whatever is they did a study where they put people underwater, right? And with breathing apparatus and they had them memorize a list of words and then they tested them. They tested them both outside the water and then back submerged in the water. In which environment do you think they remembered more? The water. In the water, right? And because that, how would you explain that? It would because the environment got coded and attached, right? Associated to the information, right? And so when they're put back in there and knowing that, we know that students that study in the classroom that they're going to be tested at will do better. Right. But that's not always practical to be able to, let's say you need to give a TED talk. You know, it's not very practical to study in that ballroom or that, you know, that theater um, and then present. Right. Um, but what you can do, for example, is you could bring the environment with you. So the out of your five main senses, which of the senses are most connected to your memory? Now, some people might think it's your touch or it's your sight or it's it might be it's something smell. that they taste. It's smell. So it's your olfactory. And you know this because when you smell something, it takes you back to when, you know, it can take you back years. Maybe it's a cologne or essential oil or perfume, right, or, or food. I mean, we all have that, right? And because information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. And smell is, is, it has to be linked to memory because for out of survival, you need to be able to smell something um, so you don't eat it, you know, a bad food or a poison or something of that nature. So that's why it's, it's ingrained there. And so knowing smell is so powerful. And there are certain smells like peppermint and other um, essential oils that's actually good for your focus and good for your memory. What I would recommend is going back to the BMAT formula. The T is the trigger is, and going back to, you know, people being submerged underwater, knowing the environment is so powerful. Next time you need to study something, like really study it and you need to perform, like maybe as an actor or a poet, or like a poetry or a song or something you need to memorize, try studying it while you're smelling something unique. Like maybe it's an essential oil or maybe it's a chewing gum or maybe it's a perfume or something. And then when you need to perform, wear that same scent, that same essential oil, if you will, wow. when you need to perform and you'll get a huge boost in recall because that smell will be attached as long as it's unique because it can't be something that you wear every day. It has to be something that's unique. Then all that information will be attached to that sense. Oh my gosh, you are just full of all these genius genius nuggets that I hope everyone is taking note because those triggers are going to really help with us in so many ways. And also, thank you for your insights on helping all of us overcome digital overload and digital dementia, which I'm sure 
pretty much all of us may suffer with. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. We, are- we interrupt this episode to thank our sponsor and our new go-to magical liquid elixir for Sigmatic Tribe. Did you know that Buddhist monks drink the mushroom lion's mane to enhance their focus during meditation and improve memory? And there's a whole kingdom of mushrooms like reishi, also known as liquid yoga, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. that have been time tested and are scientifically proven to help alleviate stress and activate sleep cycles. It's almost like a safe tranquilizer for the brain. And it's no secret that Ali and I are unabashed coffee addicts. We're lovers, which I guess is a better term. We're coffee lovers, and we wonder why it's noon 45 and we just can't focus and we have these crazy jitters and stomach pains. And I even tried to switch to an organic decaf to avoid these issues, which only triggered worse symptoms. But now we're free from all those jitters, crashes, and stomach issues. So we had to share with you the healing powers of mushroom coffee by Four Sigmatic. We're drinking the healthiest and best of the best mushroom coffee that provides amazing health benefits for our body and mind. It is the drink for the soul. It is the drink for the soul. I love that Four Sigmatic combined a magical mix of the mushroom adaptogens with coffee. And oh, I also love their decaf too, because for me, it's not really the caffeine so much. Well, it is in the mornings, but it's about the taste. So midday, I mix their decaf with cordyceps and lion's mane, which I also call Allie's hair because you know and I really do think it helps me focus on your own magic work during the day without the stomach pain so I finally can just drink coffee pretty much all day and for the matcha lovers out there you must try their mushroom matcha mix such a delicious pre-yoga drink it is soul good soul good so we listed the benefits of each mushroom on our blog for you at yourownmagic.life but for sigmatic is giving the soul tribe a 15 percent discount thank you so much so just go click on the link in the show notes or go to foursigmatic.com forward slash soul tribe that's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash soul tribe and enter the discount code soul tribe, S-O-U-L-T-R-I-B-E, one word, no spaces, soul tribe for 15% off your magical coffee and mushroom elixir order. Soul good. Continuing on to more, uh, because, oh my gosh, you can help us out with so much, such as we want to know a few things. One, I definitely want to know how we can read at least one book a week. (laughs) Yes, because I know that you have great insight on that. And also, what are some simple steps or exercises our listeners and ourselves can put in our pockets or, um, yeah, in our pockets today to help us improve our memory? Yes. Okay, so let's talk about... um, Let's talk about the reading. Um, I think it's important, just like as my mentor said, that leaders are readers. And the challenge is, is all of us, how many of us have ever bought a book and then let, let it sit on the shelf and we never get to it, right? And we buy all these books. Every time I go into a bookstore, I think they should give us like shopping carts. <laughs> I've never gone into a bookstore with a shop without, you know, like a grocery shopping cart, but that, no, that's pretty much they? me. What? Yeah, I know, really. Um, when I first learned these skills, it was interesting. I would go into a bookstore and I would, you know, read a book, you know, while I'm drinking, you know, some tea and stuff. And then I would, I would re- wouldn't realize, but I finished the book 
<laughs> and I just, I put it back on the shelf and I was just like, oh, I, I mean, I shouldn't do that. Um, but I, I love reading and it was not something I was good at. And um, I would love for everybody here, I'm not sure how much everyone's reading, but they say the average person reads only one or two books a year. And that's, that's not, I don't, I don't like hearing that. It's like, it's like traveling, you know, I, and I know it's not easy for everybody because it costs money and it's an investment and you know, away from work and away from family. But it's just like, we live in this world that is our home. Like we're a citizen, you know, of the world and we live there it's our home, but most people never leave their bedroom, you know? And I, and I do believe, um, leave their bedroom metaphorically if this is your house like the whole world is your house most people don't leave the room one room right um but you have to go to know going back to perspective um and i can't take credit for that quote we had um we do a, this annual event and it's a lot of influencers go there like the founder of wordpress the producer of pretty woman quincy jones oh, we actually had pretty woman we just watched yeah. that yesterday <laughs> it's, it's so did. good you have to you have to hear the story of how it actually came about it's amazing but but one of them but recently in, in the audience, we had Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four oh, Agreements. That's one of our favorite uh, Yes. It is. And talk about being you know impeccable with your word. And, and mm-hmm. But I asked him on stage, I was like, um, if, you know, what's your superpower? And he's like, Jim, he says, my superpower is like what everyone's superpower is. It's our power of imagination. Mm-hmm. And we had this deep conversation that, you know, about how knowledge is what is and imagination is what could be, you know, in terms of this vision. But um, when I brought Quincy Jones on stage, because I was just like, this is such a rare opportunity. Please, sir, come, come in. Let me. And, and I asked him, he, he's obviously this amazing uh, producer and composer. And, and he, um, he speaks 23 languages. I mean, it's amazing. So talk about the, the connection between music and the brain. Um, and he's the one that came up with this, told me that it's not problems. He's like, I have no problems. I have puzzles. Um, but the other thing he says is he loves to travel. He loves to travel because he loves the, uh, he loves the, the language. He loves the music. He loves the food and the architecture and the art and, and all this. And he says, you have to go to know, um, which is so important. And so going back to when it comes to, um, when it comes to reading, you have to, you know, most people who don't travel, they also don't, you can travel through books, right? Growing up and when I learned this stuff, books became more of my, like my, some of my greatest friends. And because if somebody has decades of experience in meditation or decades of research into longevity or whatever it is, spirituality, and you can sit down in a few days and read that book, you can download decades into days. So how do you read a book a week, you know, which is so different than just reading one or two a year? Um, really simple. Um, and I did a whole show on, I did done four shows on speed reading, you know, on, and like on how to build really good reading habits, but just from a technical standpoint, most people are so intimidated to pick up a book because they know they're not going to finish it. And so it becomes shelf help and not self help, right? It just sits on your shelf and you're never actually getting the benefit from it. So I went on Amazon. I found out the average book has about 64,000 words. 64,000 words. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of words. And I, I know from, you know, teaching this for so long, we have students online, we have online speed reading course and memory course a focus course. We have students in over 180 countries. So I have a lot of data um, and, and just feedback from people. So the average person reads about 200 words a minute. But if there's 64,000 words in a book, if you divide the two numbers, that's about what 320 minutes to get through a book. Now that's that's a decent amount of time, right? That's a little bit more than, let's say, five hours. But if you break it down into seven days, like going through a book a week, if that's the goal, then that's about 
that's about 45 minutes. 45 minutes of reading a day will get you through a book a week. I mean, 45 minutes is a lot of time, but it's not that much time, right? And so the reason why I teach speed reading is because they say the average person has to read about four hours a day. I mean, think about the blogs, you know, the news, the magazines, the articles, the emails, and the books you want to read and everything, four hours a day. If you could just double your reading speed, you could save two hours a day. I mean, even if you just save one hour a day over the course of a year, how many hours is that? That's 365 hours, right? Wow. Divided by a 40-hour work week, that's nine weeks of productivity you get back. I mean, how many people would love to get nine weeks of their life back every single year for free? Like, What would you do with two months of productivity, just saving an hour a day? And so that that's why it's important to learn how to do this. But I would say to everybody who wants to read one book a week is to dedicate and schedule it because that's where the magic, if you want to know what the method is behind magic, is scheduling it. Because you could talk about, I want to journal or I want to meditate or I want to work out or I want to blank. If you don't schedule it, it's not real. And so I would say there's this idea of chronotypes. I did a whole episode on this where um, they're body types. There are actually four main body types when it comes to time. So everyone knows it's not, it's not just what you do or how you do it or even the power of why, you know, because you can do the right things, but if you do it at the wrong time, you're not going to get the results. So it's like the power of when. And so your chronotype is like your body type. And once you understand your chronotype, you, you know the best time to go to sleep. You know the best time to exercise. You know the best time to eat a meal. You know the best time to make love. You know the best time to check your emails. You know all this information about yourself. And that's why it's so important. But what I would say is schedule knowing your chronotype when it's best time to read is to schedule that 45 minutes because some people are morning people. Some, you know, like let's say they're early birds or they're night owls. I mean, that's what we're used to as chronotypes. Um, but it's just kind of an interesting idea. Everyone could Google it or listen to the episode I did on, on the power of when. But my main idea is schedule the time to read around the time that you're most productive. You know, you can't read when you're tired or you're lethargic or you're falling asleep and such. But that would be the best thing. But another brain hack to read faster, though, if you want to boost your reading speed 25, 50%, is to use a visual pacer while you read. Meaning that if you use your finger or a highlighter, a pencil, a mouse on a computer to help you read, not, not touching the screen or touching the, the paper and just right above it, you'll use it as uh, you'll have a 25 to 50% boost in your reading speed and your focus. Because a lot of people have a very bad habit of backskipping and regressing and rereading words when they read, or they'll reread whole lines by accident. It's very unconscious. But a lot of accelerating people's learning has to do with unlearning bad habits. And that's a lot of what I, what I, what I do, you know, when, when I, when I teach people, but you can experiment with that also as well, because ultimately you don't know if something works unless you play with it yourself. So maybe read for 60 seconds, count the number of lines you read in 60 seconds, and then use your finger and just underline the words. Don't skip or skip anything. Just underline the words and then count the number of lines in 60 seconds. That second number across the board for most people will be 25 or 50% greater. And that really adds up over time. And so that's a gift you can give yourself is the gift of your time. Wow. Something I really appreciate that you do is you kind of take all of these ideas and concepts that seem so out of reach and overwhelming for people and you just bring the formless right into the form and say anyone can do it. 
everyone has a cape. This is exactly the steps that you need to do to do it. And it's so simple and clear. And, and I'm sitting here thinking like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that like this whole time. And it's so, so empowering. And so I'm curious, like for you personally, when do you feel that you are your most tapped in joyful and empowered self? That's a great question. Um, and so I'm in my element when I'm, when I'm giving. And so I'm, my, my whole life is based around self-care and um, in caring for others. And that's where I feel most alive. And so self-care for me is getting sleep. It's meditating each day. It is journaling. It's, it's spending time with loved ones, um, you know, and just having, uh, having been in Bali for the past few weeks, finishing my book, you know, it's just being off the grid. Cause I think, you know, we were talking about ADD before, but I think people suffer from NDD, like nature deficit disorder. <laughs> um, Oh, and I think yeah. it's important <laughs> Wait, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. because it's true. Like sometimes you have to disconnect to reconnect. And, and that's, that's important for me. I, I, I need that time because our brains, you know, the same brains we have are the same brains people had 10,000 years ago, but the world is so different. And it's not, it, it was it never brains were never meant to deal with the world that we live in today. You know, the onslaught of, you know, EMF and digital challenges and the pace of information and everything. So my thing is sometimes you need to slow down to be able to speed up. And when I'm telling people to read two or three times faster, or remembering names and learning a language faster and do all these things, it's not frantic fast because there's a calmness to it. When I read something and I'm, I'm in like a, a brain sensing device, you know, very small parts of my brain actually like, cause it's so efficient. It's just like when somebody is so physically fit, they don't have to use, you know, all of everything. They don't exert as much effort to get more rewards. And so my, my goal, how, when I feel most alive to answer your question is when I'm caring for myself and I'm caring for others. Um, but I used to be the person who would just care for everybody, but then I, I would, you know, I'd be a martyr and you can't give what you don't have. And so I feel most alive when I'm doing, when I'm doing that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I just, you right now, I just want to hug. There's so much gold in everything that you are sharing. I absolutely love it. And I do want to circle back because I don't want to let you get away Mm -hmm. with this because our listeners definitely want to know and pick up what are some tools to help us improve our memory? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a fun one. Um, Yes, I love it. Yeah, and then you get everyone get dozens more on my podcast. But I would say this, which um, is Quick, uh, Quick, Quick Brain. Yeah, yeah, it's my last name with a name like Quick. It's K W I K. Is that my, your last my, name? Your real last? Yeah, it's my it's, oh. it's my father's name, my grandfather's name, and everything. Um, I didn't so change fitting. it to do this. It is right. Like I didn't. It's a lot of pressure. I used to be a runner in school and <laughs> uh, have such <laughs> wit. Quick. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but it was my Dharma and my mission to teach oh, yeah. people how to, how to learn faster. And that's, that's, that's my namesake. But, um, I'll, I'll give you a fun one. Like, um, we just had a, a little party here and, and somebody had to go get a grocery list and they're like, we talked to them on, on the, when they're driving and, um, and they couldn't write it down. And, and so we, I taught them this really kind of fun way of remembering a grocery list and you, people could use this. I teach, um, not only a lot of actors, uh, how to, um, memorize their lines, but I teach a lot of, uh, 
TED speakers, some of the top TED speakers, I train them on how to memorize their speech, you know, their 18 minute talk. So how do you do that? And, uh, and so this method, you'll be able to use it to memorize uh, like a toast at a wedding or if you have to give a talk, you know, at, at, the, at the next gathering that you're at, um, you can use this technique. Um, well, let's say you need to memorize a grocery list. We'll keep it really, really simple. Um, so I'll, I'll share 10 of my favorite brain foods. People ask this all the time. It's like, you know, Jim, you know, is are certain foods that are good for your, for your mind? And there's certainly foods that are bad for your brain. You know, I wouldn't even call them foods. These are the processed, you know, things that come in a box and fried and whatever that is. <laughs> Matrix but, um, food. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So, so really fast. Um, I'm, I, cause I, I would, I would be, remiss if people didn't know this. One third of your memory is predetermined by genetics and biology. And so that's one third. But the good news is two thirds is completely in your control. Yeah. And and the 10 things that actually make the difference in those areas are a good brain diet, right? So there's certain foods that are good for your brain. The second thing is killing ants. Not that you would ever kill insects, but they stand for automatic negative thoughts. Um, so people want to rid themselves of those negative thoughts or at least reduce them because your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. Your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk and you want to beware of that. I remember because I'm a runner, um, I was preparing for a marathon and there was one chapter in the book talking about the psychology of running a marathon and it said this word for word because I'm, I'm a memory expert. <laughs> it said, your brain... <laughs> It would be really bad if I mess this up. It said, your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is a program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. And that's why I was saying that you always have to monitor your self-talk. You know, especially if you're around children, your external, you know, your external words become their internal words to themselves. And so you want to really want to be careful and keep it positive. Because if you believe you can or you believe you can, either way, you're right, right? Henry Ford said that. The third thing that's important for unlocking what I call your quick brain, besides good brain diet and killing ants, automatic negative thoughts, is um, exercise. So movement. Like primarily we have our brain. The number one function of a brain is to control your movement. That's number one. But what research is saying is it's not just a brain-body connection or a mind-body connection. There's a body-mind connection also that using your body actually improves your brain power. And there was, a, there was a study done at Oxford University recently that said jugglers actually have bigger brains. And when you learn how to juggle, it actually creates more white matter and more connections. And so what actually helps to grow your brain actually is novelty and nutrition. Novelty and nutrition. Just like if you want to build muscles, you give it novelty, stimulus, exercise, and then you, have, you feed the muscles, right? So that's the third thing is exercise. The fourth thing is brain nutrients, right? If you're not getting it from your diet, then you do need, you know, DHAs, B vitamins. You know, there's certain nutrients that are important for your brain just to, to thrive. Number five. You, what are some of the foods that nourish and boost this? Yeah, I know. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all 10 of the I foods. Figured, I'm going to teach you how to I figured. You never <laughs> let anything slide. <laughs> So here's the thing. So, so the last one is just to close off the loop is just five, number five to operate, to access your quick brain. Number five is, um, positive peer group. It's your community. It's your tribe, right? Because who you spend time with is who you become. So if you want to have a quicker, sharper, stronger, super brain, you know, that has real superpowers of focus and concentration, decision-making and reading faster and all that, you got to be around the right people. 
right? And so we are, they say we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. But the reason why from a brain perspective it is, is our brain, our nervous system is filled with all these mirror neurons. And the mirror neurons is the replicating neurons where you see people and you feel empathy. You could, if you're watching a movie, um, you know, you can actually feel what some of the people are are going through because you're mirroring that with your mirror neuron system. And so if you're around people who have negative beliefs or limitations or they're just draining your energy, you're going to mirror that also and, and feel not the best ever. That's number five. Number six, clean environment. Um, because your external world is a reflection of your internal world. And you know this when you clean your desk or you clean your laptop off, all of a sudden you have clarity of thought. Number seven is sleep. And this is a huge one. I don't know how everyone here sleeps or if you're listening to this, but that's where you consolidate short to long-term memory. That's where you're cleaning out the plaque that leads to dementia and Alzheimer's. And the big one is for me, it's where you dream. And I, and I can't possibly uh, overstate this enough. When you go out through the day, you're learning throughout the entire day. Your brain doesn't shut off when you sleep. It keeps on learning. It keeps on imagining. It keeps on trying to solve problems in your work and everything in your life. The challenge is when you wake up the next morning, what happens? You forget your dreams, right? And so that's why I did a whole show on how to remember your dreams. And that's the first thing I do in the morning is remember my dreams because you come up with such incredible insight in your life. Um, and so, for example, Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein, the idea of Frankenstein, in her dream. Elias Howe created a sewing machine in his dream. That's why we have sewing machines. Um, the, the, the chemist uh, came up, a chemist dreamt of the periodic table, right? It was in his dream. Um, and, you know, it's, it's crap. Paul McCartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream. So what, what is everyone who's listening? What are you dreaming about late at night? And you have no recall the next morning that could enrich your life and also enrich the world. And so sleep is important. You're not going to dream like that. And, and I also, on the side note, that's why I think imagination is so powerful because the people who dream with their eyes open, I mean, look out, right? <laughs> Using their power of imagination. Number eight is brain protection protect your brain, wear a helmet, you know, when you're out there and doing your sports and stuff. Number nine is new learnings. Everyone knows that, but always keep learning. And it was on the cover of Time Magazine. They did this study of super nuns. They want to know how these extraordinary women were living 80, 90 and above. And they found out that half of it had to do with their emotional gratitude. And the other half had to do with they were lifelong learners because they learned something new every single day. It added years to their life and also life to their years. So always learning. And finally, number 10 is stress management. So I'll just put that out there because um, I promise you 80% of the people listening to this right now don't realize how much stress they're really under because they're living in it day to day. It's like fish don't see water. They don't know what water is because they're surrounded by water all the time, right? And so I would say you can't see the label when you're in the jar. And <laughs> we're under so much stress emotional stress, work stress, social stress, you know, environmental stress, like all kinds of stressors, but we don't realize it until we get off the grid. Sometimes we don't get, we don't realize it until we have some white space. We go into nature, we get grounded. And, and so I think it's important to have stress management protocol. Like how do you get out of stress? Is it deep breathing? Is it your meditation? Is it your yoga? Is your movement? Is it is it whatever it is, but it has to be there. So when I mentioned these 10 things, they're all common sense. Now, I don't think anyone's going to argue with sleep's not good for you or being around good people is not good for you or eating the right foods is not good for you. 
but common sense is not always common practice. So the reason why I give you these 10 things is this is what I've found moves the needle in your life for your brain, your mind, your body, your soul. And the reason why I bring this up is where are you neglecting? Like rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10 on each of these 10 things. And you might find there's a two or a three or four in some of those areas. Like maybe you're doing all of this, but you're not getting a good night's sleep. You know, and it's because everyone wants to know what the magic pill is, not one thing. You want to do all of these things. You could be doing all these things and having a bad diet. It's going to affect you. You could be doing all this stuff and being around the wrong person could, you know, just negate everything that you're doing. And so those are 10 things. But to close this off, the first thing I opened with was you are what you eat. So what are the, my top 10 favorite brain foods? Um, and you, like, I'll give it to you and don't write this down. This is the one thing I'm going to say, don't write it down because I'm going to give you a memory tip to memorize all 10 things. Okay. Um, first of all, the tip that I'm going to give you, you could use to memorize a speech, um, to give a, a poetry reading, anything. So if you need to memorize 10 keys, like 10 key points to a talk, this is the same technique I would use. And, um, so this part, I would say we do an interactive. Okay. So, um, take a deep breath, everybody. And exhale. And, um, I just want you to feel your body again and, um, just get in your body right now. And I'm going to label, um, 10 parts of your body. Okay. Because this technique was developed by it's 2,500 year old memory technique back when we didn't have smart devices. We didn't have printing presses. We had to have a great memory back then. And so how did these Greek orders give their poetry readings and speeches without notes? This is how they did it. Simonides in 2,500 years ago, plus he was a poet and he gave a reading and when he left the building, something really tragic happened. The building collapsed and it killed everybody that was in, in there. And he had the responsibility of being the sole survivors, coming back and helping the family members identify their loved ones. And he was able to do it because he remembered where everyone was sitting. And I think everybody's like this, that if you can remember a recent dinner, you remember who was to your left and who was to your right, right? Because we store information in space. Because as a hunter-gatherer, that was your survival. You didn't know, you didn't need to memorize numbers and words and everything. You needed to remember where things were back then. Where's the clean water? Where's the fertile soil? Where's the enemy tribe? Where's the crops? You know, that was your survival. So we store information in space everywhere all the time. Even when you forget someone's name, what's the question you ask yourself? Where do I know this person from? Because the place, the context gives you the content. And I'm always looking for context, right? Everyone always says content is queen, or, you know, content, content is king. Yeah, I think if content is king, then context is the kingdom, right? I always want to know what the environment is. And so knowing that we store information in space, then why not take places that we're familiar with and store information there that we want to remember? So maybe your home, maybe your office, maybe your car. In this case, I'm going to take our bodies because that's the location we've lived in our whole life, right? I'm going to find 10 places on our body. And in the first place, we're going to put the first food. In the second place, we're going to put the second food. In the third place, we're going to put the third food. Now, the food could be anything. Like it could be the 10 keys for unlocking your quick brain that we just talked about. We could put good brain diet in the first place. We could put killing ants in the second place, exercise in the third place. In this case, we'll put food. Now the 10 places on your body working top to bottom, we'll do together. Um, number one is the top of your head. So I want everybody who's listening to this just to touch the top of their head. Number one is the top of your head. Number two going down your body is your nose. 
Two is nose. Then touch your nose. Number three is your mouth. Touch your mouth. Number four, go to the side. Go to your ears. Just kind of massage your earlobes. Four are your ears. The five is your larynx, which is really kind of at your voice box, is your throat. Five is the larynx. Six are your shoulders. Seven is your collarbone. Seven is collar. Eight are your fingers. So just wiggle your fingers. Nine is your belly. Just touch your belly button. And 10 is your seat. It's your rear end. So let's do it again together. We'll do it together again. And just remember, you have to make this interactive. So if you're just listening to this, it doesn't work, right? Because learning is not a spectator sport. So roll up your sleeves. Let's do it together. One is top of your head. Two is nose. Three is mouth. Four to the side are your ears. Five is your larynx, your throat. Six, your shoulders. Seven is your collar. Eight are your fingers. We go your fingers. Nine is your belly. And 10 is your seat, your rear end. Now, now that we have the 10 places, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you my top 10 favorite brain foods. And I want you to imagine that you're putting that food in that place. And if you're not sure how to do it, pretend you're eight years old because children have no problem doing this at all. And it's so interesting because who are the fastest learners, right? Children, they're playful. They use their imagination. So the number one brain food, um, no particular order, number, number one are avocados. So I want you to just, what can you picture on top of your head? Ladies, what could you picture that's kind of fun on the top of your head? Avocados. Mm, I'm picturing avocados yeah, on top no. of my head as you're saying Like an this. avocado crown. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Avocado crown, or maybe you're making some guacamole on, on top of your head. Whatever it is, everyone, just imagine guacam- like avocados on your, on your head. You're, maybe you're balancing them. Good. Mm-hmm. What's your second place on, the, on your body, on your nose? So your nose, I want you to imagine the second uh, brain food are blueberries. Blueberries. Mm-hmm. So just imagine blueberries coming out of your nose. I call them brain berries. <laughs> and I'm like smooshing it in. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that, that's a key because if you could see it and you could feel it and smell it and all the more senses you could use, the more you're likely to remember it. And again, if you can't imagine it, imagine you can imagine it. Good. What's the third place? Lips. Below your nose. Yeah, your lips, your mouth there. So I want you to remember broccoli. Broccoli is very good for your brain. So now here, if you make it too logical, you're not going to remember it. If it's just you chewing on some broccoli, you might have done it like two nights ago. It doesn't really stand out. What could you imagine if you exaggerated it a little bit? What could you imagine? Mm, I'm making these broccolis extra cheesy. <laughs> or no, nutritional yeast cheese, I mean. But also there you go. a bu- broccoli bush. Let's see. Um, oh, I'm picturing the veggie monster right now. I don't oh know my what that's called. Perfect. Right. And just associate it with your, with your mouth. And then four on the side of your head, you have your, your ears, right? The fourth brain food is coconut oil, coconut oil. Our favorite. I know. Lathering it in right now. There you go. Coconut oil over your ears. And here's the thing as for people who are listening to this, don't just listen to what we're doing. You have to visualize it yourself. You can't just say, Oh, that sounds good because then you just heard it but we tend to forget what we just hear. There's a Chinese proverb that says, 
What I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. What I hear, I forget. I heard a name, I forgot the name. What I see, I remember. I saw the face, I remember the face. And going back to do, practice what we're doing now, you have to do it and then you'll understand it. So coconut oil, cleaning your ears. The fifth place in our body is our larynx. So it's our like our throat area. And this, um, this has been shown to help your brain power, but it's not for everybody because of their diet. But eggs, eggs. So some people don't eat eggs, so they would just omit this one. But it has choline and vitamin E that's very neuroprotective. So if you were to memorize this and give a speech, let's say you had to give a TED Talk on the 10 on the 10 brain foods, number five would be eggs. So what could you picture eggs in your throat? Uh, I'm just picturing Humpty Dumpty, honestly. <laughs> Perfect. And that would never happen, but that's why it becomes memorable, right? So um, some people, some people like they don't have an Adam's apple. They have like a, you know, an egg there or whatever. Okay. So we're halfway through and notice we're halfway through We've done five because we're going to have it's amazing. We're going to have your, everyone who's listening here, we're imagine like we called you up and say, Hey, can you get these top 10 you know, brain foods? We're having a party. It's your, your own magic superfood party. Can you pick up these 10 things? And they're like, Oh, I can't write it down, but Oh, but put the, okay. So what now you're at, you know, the grocery store, we've done five things so far. What's on the top of your head? Avocados. What Good. What's coming out of your nose? Blueberries. <laughs> and your, what's coming out of your mouth? Broccoli. Broccoli and your ears. Coconut oil. Very nice. And then when you look at your throat, what's what? Did, who's sitting there? <laughs> About the- <laughs> don't do, don't do sitting there. We got some eggs in there. I'll perfect. give them flax eggs. So, perfect. <laughs> and so we're 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 halfway there. Number six are your shoulders. And just remember green leafy vegetables. Green leafy vegetables. So kale, collard greens, spinach. Just look at your shoulders and just see, feel, smell. Green leafy vegetables on your shoulder. Hmm. I have kale so wings. Be- kale wings. Oh my gosh. I love that. that that's I a visual. I'm them right now. I like that. All right. Great. Now, number seven is your uh, collar. And this one, again, this might not work for some people um, because of their diet, but is salmon, wild salmon. You know, some people like they need uh, fish oils in their diets. It's 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 good for your nourishing your brain. Um, some people just imagine a, a necklace made out of salmon. Or rainbow fish. Did anyone ever read rainbow? Fish? Yeah. Ooh, that could work. Yeah, I like that too. Um, okay, that. number number eight are your fingers, right? Your fingers. Mm-hmm. And I want a really good spice or food for your brain is turmeric. Very good for your brain. Oh, that, so, I dump that in like everything. <laughs> oh, I know. Because it, you know, it helps with inflammation. And, and so I, I have a, like a golden, you know, golden milk every, every morning, make this yes. tea with almond milk and, and turmeric and some pepper, which helps the absorption. I, I, I like honey. Some people don't do honey. For, for me, it, it's really good. It, it works for me. Um, and some MCT or some coconut oil. Yeah. Um, so turmeric all over your fingers, right? Because when you get turmeric on you, it's like that cold powder is like everywhere. Yes, it sticks to your fingers. It's kind of like, it looks like, you know, when I used to eat Cheetos, I used to have those Cheeto fingers, <laughs> but now I get turmeric fingers. And so that's what I'm going to think. Exactly. I love exactly. it. Exactly. So turmeric on your fingers, you'll never forget that. And then finally, nine and 10. Nine is your uh, belly, mm-hmm. right? And the food is walnuts. 
Oh, I want your yummy. <laughs> Yay, yummy. And it's so interesting, right? Walnuts, they kind of look, what, what do walnuts look like? They kind of look like a brain, right? Oh, if you look at walnuts, yeah. they, they very much. And it's kind of interesting how some foods look like the organ that they are nurturing. Like you um, you cut uh, a carrot and you look at the carrot from a side profile view, it looks like a, a human eye, very much so, right? Like there's certain foods that avocados, um, very good for the you know, re, um, like female reproductive organs and stuff. It's very, very powerful. There's a signature, right? Signature. Even if you look at the word signature, it's a sign of nature. And so nature, nature will tell you. Um, wow. what, what, <laughs> I have truth bumps. Yes. Truth bumps. I love Lord. that. So walnuts look like the human brain. It's good for not locking your, your quick brain. And, and just so walnuts on your belly, just imagine walnuts coming out of your belly button. Who knows, right? Something silly. <laughs> that is the most beautiful visual I've ever thought of. Yes. There you go. You'll never forget it. And here's the thing. If you laugh also, remember, information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. We remember things that make us feel something, oh. right? You know, Maya Angelou said, you know, she said, people won't remember what you say. They won't even remember what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Yes. And you always remember how you make you feel. And so that's why we don't remember a lot of stuff in school, because how did most people feel in school? They were either confused. (laughs) Exactly. You're bored or confused. Like half the class is bored. The other half is confused. But on a scale of zero to (laughs) the scale of zero to ten, boredom is like a negative, you know, at the very least it's zero and anything times zero is zero. And that's why you don't, people don't remember the periodic table. They don't remember anything that they learned when they were bored. Um, so here, yeah, exactly. All of that. And especially because they didn't see relevancy, like sine, cosine, tangent of X, hypotenuse, when are, when are people using that? So that's why I think that we should learn how to learn, not as much what to learn. And then we can apply it towards the thing we're most interested and passionate about, but belly button, and you have your walnuts, and that's going to remind you of, that's good for your brain, signature, sign of nature. And finally, number 10 is your rear, it's um, your seat. I want you to remember, uh, let's put a fun one there, dark chocolate. Oh, that's my favorite. That's our favorite. We have, is, we're going to have to roast dark chocolate after this. Oh, that's so, oh, I, was, I wish I was there with you. Send me some. We did too. <laughs> Dark chocolate, and uh, because anything that's good for your mood is going to be good for your mind, right? So dark chocolate, raw cacao, go for it. Picture it on your seat. I don't even, people don't even have to share what they're picturing. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. All right. right. I love that. I will not forget that. Yes. So now you're at your health food store. You're at the farmer's market. You're out and about. You didn't even write down the list nope. because sometimes you had to write your grocery lists in triplicates and you still forget the list back at home. Or you went to the supermarket to buy one thing and you come back with two bags of things except for the one thing you went there for, right? Because that's how people's memories are. But now you Our have a super brain. Are on. You do. You, you have a magical mind right now and you don't even need to write things down. Mm-hmm. You walk into the grocery store, the food store, the farmer's market. What's the first thing you need to buy? We need avocados. You need avocados. And what is number two? We need blueberries right now. And then broccoli. We need blueberries. And broccoli. <laughs> and then coconut and then, oil. And then coconut and then oil. Humpty and, then Dumpty. and then those who eat eggs, they need eggs. <laughs> yes. And then we need our then, kale wings. And then Yes, you, know, you need your kale wings. Those who need salmon need salmon. Salmon. 
you salmon you and got then your walnuts walnut belly walnut. yep and then our my favorite, favorite. <laughs> some dark 100,000 percent dark chocolate cacao yeah. all the way yes I love, it. I love it and some we'll throw some turmeric in there also as oh, well oh that's right the fingers oh we went too fast i'm sorry oh that's how no because you were ahead of everybody else that's After amazing so so here's the okay. thing and here's the thing you are very quick so so here's the thing my, my thing with this is this technique, now you could give a presentation on it. You easily could give a talk on the 10 superfoods for your brain on stage with no with full confidence. You know, you don't even need a teleprompter. You don't need a keynote PowerPoint presentation because you have the power of your mind. And so let's say these were 10 keys on how to build a social media following, or maybe it's 10 keys on how to live longer, or 10 keys for, you know, spiritual growth. You could put those same 10 on your body, or you could put them around your living room, or you could put it around your car or your bicycle or your favorite beach or wherever. And then that becomes a memory palace for you. You have a storage place because your imagination is infinite. And so you could use these techniques so often to memorize the things that you most want to remember and be absolutely unforgettable. Now, I did a whole podcast where I actually take the uh, show where I took a lot of these ingredients and put them all into a blender and I made a brain power smoothie, not the fish and the eggs. <laughs> minus the fish, minus the eggs. Um, and Sounds I don't think delicious. I put turmeric in there, but avocados and green leafy vegetables and blueberries and some dark chocolate, some coconut oil, you know, a little honey for sweetener. It's, it's the best. Like my breakfast. Yeah, you I know. brain breakfast. I think that yeah. actually I had it, this movie just like that before this. Amazing. I know. A brain power smoothie. I put that, I put all my brain power smoothies on Instagram because uh, oh. I just, I take pictures of it. I always do a, a book and a, a, and a beverage <laughs> and I just like, well, this is what I'm reading and I'll read a book while I'm drinking my smoothie yeah, and I, I'll I do really I love your Instagram. I also loved hearing um, the index fingers to the head because you always do that in your photos. So that was I do. Mentor. Yeah, and that's ah. the yeah, that's where it came from. I've been doing it all for a long yeah, because I just feel like it's you know a lot of it is our mind, and I just you know, and the other part of it is our heart. You know, one 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 on each, and then we get in resonance. But um, yeah, I mean, just imagine if we could unlock the other ninety percent of our mind and our hearts. I mean, how how much more beautiful the world would be. So that's, that's the mission. No, no, no brain left behind. No brain left behind and allow everyone, help everyone learn to learn. I love all of these. I'm sure everybody probably has a book full of notes now <laughs> that, wow. Well, Thank don't you. externally source them. Memorize your notes. I know. <laughs> you know how to memorize and apply those tools too. Well, Jim, we can't leave you without... You answering this one last question we ask all our guests, but I need to give it a twist, a little spin, okay. because you're Jim Quick, <laughs> and you're kind of a superhero. So how would you advise our listeners to create their own magic and find their own inner genius and inner superhero? Mm. Mm. I love, I love, I've never been asked that question before. Um, well, I believe in magic. <laughs> So I, I first believe, um, I actually have, a, I have an answer for this, but I, I have to say the power of belief is everything um, because I think we live in a world full of magic and you know we just have to commit to seeing it. Um, I think everything is, you gotta look at the world and everything is magic or everything's not magic and I choose to believe everything is magic, that there are no ordinary moments. And um, so what I would say for people who want to tap that inner genius, that, um, that incredible magic, um, a superpower that we all have inside of us, I would say two things. Um, and I know 
everyone who's listening is, is on the path of these two things. But I think in order for us to be, feel truly fulfilled and step into that superhero version of ourselves, the first part of it, the formula, is to know who you are, to really commit to knowing who you are, because that is your superpower. Your uniqueness is your superpower, and it's our difference that makes us beautiful. But get curious to really know yourself. You know, and that comes from meditation and journaling and 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 intimate relationships because they're often a mirror to you know and to who we are. Commit to the practice and have the curiosity to know yourself. And once you know yourself, though, have the courage to be yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's like a lot of people they they know who they are, but the world doesn't necessarily always support our greatest self. And the expectations of parents or neighbors or peers sometimes makes us mitigate and lessen or put on masks to cover up who we really are. So I would say have the curiosity to know yourself. And while you're on that path, always step in and have the courage to be that person because that's what the world needs. Yes. And the world is starving for that real connection beneath the mask. And I think that you're so right. The magic really comes from finding those gems inside of you those incredible rare diamonds because there's only one you and then being brave enough to give those diamonds back to everyone else and so Mm. we are so grateful for your time today and honestly if people just took like one thing that you said with them it would completely shift their lives but so that they can take more than one thing where can everybody find you on social media we know your podcast is quick brain yeah. And so the best, the two places are exactly that. Quick Brain is uh, my baby. It's where you could join me every single week for 10 or 15 minutes. And I gave you my favorite brain hack to help make your life better, help make it easier to learn faster. And we've done episodes on how to learn a language, how to learn musical instruments, how to, um, how to memorize, you know, things word for word, how to change your habits, you know, how to teach, teach your children, how to be a leader and entrepreneur, um, all about using your brain. Um, so you can just go to quickbrain.com, K-W-I-K brain.com, or just search your, uh, your phone's podcast app for my name, Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. Um, and on social media, I believe learning is not just solo, it's social. And so I like to connect people with people there. So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's just Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. And I would love for people in terms of your big ahas is maybe screenshot this episode that everyone's listening to right now and post it. Um, somewhere maybe on Instagram and tag all three of us and um, and and tell me what your big aha is and what your favorite brain food and and what you're reading and and what I do a whole episode on proper note-taking and it's probably the third largest downloaded episode on how I take notes and but I would love to know what people captured in their notes because part of it is capturing information but also creating information that's how I take notes um, where I'm just capturing oh how to remember names and how to learn this but then creative is how do I use this and how does this relate to what I know and ideas I have for moving it forward. So I would love, I believe that the, if you're listening to this still, you're, uh, we're kindred spirits, we're kindred, um, minds and I have a lot to learn from everybody. And I would love it if you, when you do tag the three of us on social media is to share your big ahas and, and what are you learning right now and what moves and, and drives you forward. Yes, we'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes, including links to your podcast and your Instagram. And I will definitely share so many people's amazing aha moments on my story Yay. if they do that. And I, ours. Me too. Like, oh, yes. Oh yeah. oh. 
I know, we're gonna put our own aha moments. There's so many. Wow, Jim, Jim, wow. Yes, thank, thank you. you both. <laughs> thank you so much. This <laughs> I, I, I literally could talk to you, talk to you both forever. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love your energies. Oh, and everyone yours. Yeah. And we hope to meet you in the physical world someday and sit down with some turmeric, kale, avocado, blueberry, <laughs> wait, walnut, <laughs> chocolate, um, kale smoothies. I yes, got that nice sufficient egg. Yeah, and that's the best the ever. <laughs> the best ever. Well, thank you, everyone. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I wish your days be full lots of life, lots of love, lots of laughter, and always lots of learning. Always lots of learning. Learning, light, and love, Jim. Thank you. Yeah. Mahalo. Mahalo. We are so grateful you tuned into this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes. Yes, and those of you who leave a rating and review, we want to share our gratitude by sending you a special gift. Just email info at yourownmagic.life and we will send you an exclusive meditation guided by the both of us. And make sure to say hi to us on Instagram. I'm at Ali Michelle L. Don't forget the random L at the end. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Raquel Mon. Thank you and have a magical day.